This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Spare Diaries podcast. My name is Birdie and I will be your solo host again today. So Robert will be back in the future. At this point, our schedules are kind of conflicting. So we haven't had time to get together and record for the podcast, but you can help change that. If everybody could just take five seconds out of their lives right now. And if you are enjoying this, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. So I know it sounds so silly, but in the podcasting world, those five-star reviews go so far. So that will really help. Anyways, I want to say a welcome to some new patrons. So welcome to Clark who joined Patreon and also a special thank you to, now I'm going to butcher this, but Zebaz the Abyssal or Zebaz the Abyssal has upgraded their pledge. So thank you to both of you. And of course, a huge thank you to Chemically Feline, who is a Fae-level patron, and we are so grateful for you. So thank you for all the extra support. Honestly, this is what keeps the podcast going, are the patrons and your support. Even if it's just watching, honestly, these little watch hours and listening hours and reviews add up to so much. So I just want to say a huge thank you. No matter what level you support us on, the support is so much appreciated. Today, we are diving deep. into haunted dolls. Are they real? Are they not? Are they made up? Is it all in our heads? 
or is there something to it? So I know there has been a craze of selling haunted dolls online. And I think with social media, so many of us are seeing all these people who own all these haunted dolls. And while some may be legit, I know a lot of us have encountered some that don't seem as legit. And it's like, hmm, how many haunted dolls are there really when eBay is selling most of them. So it's kind of this thing to where I have a lot of questions from you all that have been coming in over the course of the podcast of should I buy a haunted doll? Is this real? Is this not? How do I know if it's haunted? So let's talk about why are haunted dolls even a thing? And is this a new craze or has this been around forever? So you may see smoke coming from over here if you're watching the video portion. It is one of our lovely mirth incense. It is not a, um, it is not a fire. Nothing's on fire <laughs> right now. So just a little warning. If you want any of our goodies, of course, we have those in our Etsy shop. So one of the reasons dolls sort of bring up this fear in so many of us is because they're little humans. They look like us. They have these little faces. They have these little eyes and mouths and they just kind of stare at you. And from a psychological standpoint, this really scares people because we don't have the ability to read their emotion. We're looking at a face. They look human. Our brain's registering. That's a human. I know what a human looks like. But then we're telling ourselves, no, it's not a human. That's a doll. We know this, but our brain is like, meh, human. Um, <laughs> so that weird disconnect between it looks like a human, but there's not any emotion coming out of it sets off these little alarms in our body of like, ooh, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And it freaks us out. And you guys can see this even with animals. If you have a cat or a dog and you give them a realistic cat stuffed animal or a dog stuffed animal, they'll sniff it, they'll look at it and either ignore it or they're kind of like, what is wrong with you? Why is this dog just not, you know, a thing? <laughs> so it's, it's an animal instinct. We are animals. And this goes back to a psychological thing to where we get very, you know, wigged out if we see something that's just not registering as okay. But of course, us looking at a doll and being like, oh, red flag is not the same as what so many claim from haunted dolls, from them causing poltergeist activity in their house. So the movement of objects seemingly caused around this haunted doll or that the doll itself is having a movement when the doll is incapable of movement or voices or disembodied voices, EVPs, so electronic voice phenomena, all of these things are reported around these haunted dolls. And that is not co-current with the psychological side to where we're just freaked out because it looks like a person and it's not moving or responding. So where did haunted dolls come from? Where did this start? And a lot of people blame it on the media, of course. <laughs> so people blame film. When film came out, there started being all these horror stories of these haunted dolls. Now, as you all know, I don't watch horror films. I've seen one. 
Oh, Beetlejuice. I watched Beetlejuice and I have seen The Sixth Sense. I, my knowledge of haunted dolls is zero because I've never watched a haunted doll film aside from Dead Silence, which scared me to death. <laughs> and I, I had to watch it. Otherwise, I wasn't allowed to go to a Jonas Brothers concert. Come on now. I'm going to watch it. So there's one way to get me to watch a horror movie. Promise me a Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> So, oh goodness gracious. So, my knowledge of haunted doll movies isn't fast, but of course we know, you know, there's the Chucky universe and there's other scary dolls like Annabelle. The Conjuring movies are super popular right now, just as a note. While they are based on a true story, the films in real life are not co-current, so don't believe that. There's a bang, fun Yay! Unexplained bangs during the podcast when I'm home alone. Great! Um, and, um, so thrown off now. And a lot of this is just blamed on the media. And I mean, this is something so similar to, you know, Ouija boards or spirit boards, where, or talking boards, so many names where people blame the corruption of them and the sense that they're evil from the media. But for haunted dolls, it goes back farther than that. So if we go back further than film, so back to the days of just books, in 1816, E.T.A. Hoffman published The Sandman, which was a horror story about um, some murderers and a doll was involved. And it was this little wind-up creepy doll that this guy became fixated on. But more so than the doll being the cause of the scariness, it was the person who made the doll. So, of course, it transformed in time as we progressed. And while early books started depicting the evilness and creepiness of dolls, we still have that early film and early television, such as The Twilight Zone, that featured Talkie Tina, who murdered the father in the family. And that was based on a doll in real life called Chatty Cathy. And if you grew up in my generation, we had Amazing Amy. So all these alliteration names, alliterations are fun. I have one. So come on, don't knock an alliteration name. But still, we had all these talking dolls. And I can truly attest that Amazing Amy creeped me the hell out. She talked and complained all the time. And when I went to school, my mom had to take care of her because otherwise uh, she would be dead when I came home. And I don't think they really died. She just like got sick and then shut off. But yeah, she complained and wanted to eat different foods and wear different outfits and all these sorts of things. And I totally admit she really started creeping me out as a kid. And I'm like, I don't want to play with her anymore. Didn't like it. And we all know I have my <laughs> haunted doll story of my life-size Barbie having some weird, strange, unexplained movement. And keeping her in a coffin so <laughs> if you want to hear that full story go back and listen to the early podcast which is now slowly being re-uploaded so the origin story episodes are being uploaded that's the original portion of the podcast and I now have segments in there explaining a little more so future birdie will pop in there and explain some stuff that I didn't explain the first time around so I don't think I did myself justice by fully explaining things the first time um, so I hope 
hopefully these re-uploaded origin story episodes with some more clarity will be good and that way if you've listened to them go back and listen to them again because they're new and if you want the original story which sometimes has extended information that will be cut out um, to make the stories a little bit uh, better um, and that will be still available on Patreon so all the original episodes are on Patreon but these early talking dolls and these early depictions of this scariness was always sort of there. And if we look before the books, before the TV, we have ancient Egyptians who used Shabti dolls. And these dolls were specifically made to help guide a deceased person through the afterlife. And this is interesting because even in ancient Egypt, they believed dolls had power. And there are other cultures who used to believe that dolls and still believe that dolls can house the soul of the deceased. And this isn't something that's meant to be creepy or scary. This is something that's meant to be beautiful. When you pass, your soul is preserved in this doll. And a lot of times those dolls could even look like you. And that is just this thing that has exist. And of course, if we have this notion of we're putting a human soul into an inanimate object that looks like that human, I'm sure if we go back then, some of these people truly believed that maybe the person was still there or perhaps they did have experiences, but we just don't know. But if we go a little bit more recent in history than ancient Egyptians, we have the Victorians, which we know the Victorians have um, brought so much of the spooky stuff to us. And they had these very, what we would now consider strange morning rituals. So they have hair art, which is made from hair of a deceased person, which is so cool. And they really did this morning thing in so many beautiful ways that we would now consider completely absurd. And one of these things was a Victorian morning doll. These morning dolls were typically made for children who had passed. And they were wax effigies that were made to look exactly like the child. Now, to make this a little bit more disturbing for us in modern times, they would dress the wax doll in the clothes of the deceased child, and the hair on the doll would be taken from the deceased child and put onto the doll so they looked like them. So I know in modern sense of things, we are seeing these dolls that are made of wax to carved to look like this person and using their hair and using their clothes. And it's so strange. But these dolls were not meant to be like weird or creepy. It was an honoring thing to do. Often these wax dolls would be left at the gravesite with the body and a few of them were taken back home and were actually used in place of the child. So some people would change the clothes on it. Some people would set it in the crib. And this was not as common, but we know this happened because we still have those wax dolls around today and stories that this is how the wax doll was used. So it is a little bit strange that there could potentially be some 
you know, even egregore type activity imbued into these effigies of children when you're taking care of it and it has body parts of theirs and it is wearing their clothes and you're treating it as if it was that child. So even if we're not truly having paranormal activity from the deceased child, we could be creating that paranormal activity ourselves in that egregore type fashion or perhaps even just that notion maybe if there was something else around it wanted to start acting like that who knows who knows we can only speculate because we don't have any hard verifiable proof that any of this even really exists and now in modern times coming back around full circle there are haunted dolls for sale online we have haunted dolls like robert who lives in key west and other more famous ones that are around in certain people's museums so are they really haunted comment below and tell me what you think do you think these dolls are actually haunted i think what's interesting is taking into account that why why did some of this happen and why did these reports originally start was it something that just popped up randomly? Did these experiencers see anything or hear anything that could have influenced them to perhaps think or imagine that these dolls were happening? Or is it something to where they had no idea about haunted dolls and they just started having and reporting these experiences? So it's really interesting and something we always have to consider, especially with earlier times is understanding mental health and where are we in our own mental health checks now we have so many resources to help with mental health and to get help and seek help in these situations to where something that in early times we may not have known was a mental health problem and could have blamed it on something spiritual. Whereas now at least we can rule out mental health and any sort of disorder or even illness out of the cause. So, so many times if somebody was experiencing possession, they were having seizures or having some sort of medical crisis. And it was just easy to go, oh my goodness, that's this. And haunted dolls could fall into that category. Now, do I think every doll on eBay is haunted? No, I don't. Could some of them be? Absolutely. We don't know. But I do urge you all to take care and to understand that if you are purchasing a haunted doll that it could very well just be a fun item. It may not be haunted. And I know so many of you ask, oh, the, you know, I see it being sold on Etsy and eBay of I'm, I'm buying the soul of a demon. I'm buying the soul of a child who's trapped in this body. And it brings into a question, if we truly believe that there is a soul of some human or non-human entity inside of a vessel, is it ethical to then purchase it and keep it? And does that soul, if it is in there, want to be in there? So it goes back into ethics and where do we draw the line? It's so hard to 
think about which locations are okay to investigate, which locations should we not investigate, which ghosts are okay to talk to, which ones shouldn't we talk to, what topics do we bring up? We don't want to bring up trauma because that's wrong, but you know, it, do we talk about their favorite colors, you know, sort of finding that ethical line, which is not clear in this field. And there's so many people with so many different ideas and so many different ethical paths of why we're doing this, why we're interested in the paranormal. Some people want to experience fear and they want to push buttons and they want to bring up and incite that activity. And others don't necessarily want to interact with it, but they're curious about it. They want to just learn the history and the lore. And it's really fascinating to see where this is drawn. And these are answers I can't give you, you know? We have our own way of investigating. We do approach everything with respect as if it is a living, breathing creature deserving respect, even if it's causing mayhem and chaos. That doesn't automatically make it evil in our book. And we try to approach things with as much humanity and decency as we can. And that's something that we do. And that's where we draw our ethical lines. So I ask all of you, where are your ethical lines? Do you think haunted dolls being sold, if they are real haunted dolls, is this cool? Is this not? Do you think every doll's haunted? So a lot of this, I would love to open up to a discussion. If you're listening on a podcast platform, there should be a way you can reply. If you're listening on Spotify, and then if you are on YouTube, you are more than welcome to come and comment down below and have a discussion amongst yourselves. So yeah, I do think there are haunted dolls. And why we're not seeing as many of them in modern times and so many people are like, yeah, well, if, you know, there was a Robert the Haunted Doll and this Haunted Doll and this Haunted Doll and this Haunted Doll, where are they all now? And I bring this up in other podcast episodes that we are so ready to dismiss people. We are so ready to disbelieve people. We are so ready to point a finger and say, hey, you're making this up because you want to be social media famous. You want the views. You want this. You want that. And we are so quick to say this to people when we don't even hear them out first. And we experience this as a podcast. Of course, there's people who don't believe my experiences and that's okay. But there's this line to where you still have to have like respect that this is that person's truth. And with the rise of social media, if I brought home a haunted doll and I'm recording it with my phone, of course, I'm going to put it up online and be like, what the heck is this? And we have so many fake accounts and so many faked evidence videos that it's hard to understand who to trust. And I understand that it's hard to understand that line between reality and entertainment. And we where do those really come together and what's real, what's not, what's staged, what's not, you know? But I I think there are real people out there. I think there are legitimate people out there. I do think people out there are truly having these experiences. Now, if that's truly associated with a doll or something around the doll or their own personal funk affecting the doll, who knows? It probably varies on a case-by-case basis. But yeah, 
again, just I would try to at least have an air of respect and understanding with everything you come across. And I'm not saying believe everything. Of course not believe everything. I have seen such fake evidence online. It's so silly. But at least go into it with an open mind. And yeah, haunted dolls. We don't have dolls, never will have dolls. I'm not a fan after my doll experiences. And I have a doll that looks like me and was made to look like me that I have said before, Robert has instructions to burn if I die first because I just, I don't want it to eat my soul. (laughs) No, honestly, it just really creeps me out and I don't want there to be a doll that exists that looks like me in the world. And as soon as I can get my hands on it to destroy it, I will. So (laughs) that's where I'm at with dolls. And I know Robert feels the same way because he had a grandmother who had talking dolls who had tapes in their chest and actually had conversations back and forth with each other. And I will put up a picture of them because I'm not sure what their names are. It starts with the C. I think it's Corky and Cricket, but... Yeah, he also is not a fan of haunted or potentially haunted dolls. So that's this episode of Spirit Diaries. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, like I said, please go ahead and leave us a review if you are enjoying this podcast. It truly, truly, truly helps. And I will see you all next episode. Hopefully we can get Robert back and he will be here and we will talk about his haunted childhood home. So I know I said we'd talk about that next week, but I don't want to dive into it without Robert because it's his house, his haunting. I want him to be able to share that story with you all. In the words of Robert, K, love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.